Hey, I'm Luke and today with me is Damien. This is a case that has attracted our interest for quite some time now and remained unclear for over 50 years to the rest of the world. Today, we will be diving into the topic of disordered children mystery. Let's go back to the 24th of December in 1945. Christmas Eve. Yeah. They lived in Fayetteville, West Virginia. It was a normal Christmas Eve in the sort of household. The oldest daughter, Marion, came back from work to surprise her three younger sisters with early gifts. These gifts got the kids all excited about the upcoming day. So at 10pm, Jenny told them they could stay up a little later. This conversation is the last she would have with them. She told them they could stay up as long as Maurice, who was 14, and Louis, who was 9, remembered to put the cows in and feed the chickens before going to bed. At this point, her husband, George, and the two oldest sons were already sleeping. This is where it gets strange. So at 12.30am, their phone rang. Jenny answered and didn't recognise the woman who was calling. She apparently was laughing weirdly and there was supposedly a party in the background. Turns out it was a wrong number according to the police reports, but who knows. On the way back to bed, she noticed the lights were on and the curtains were not shut. At 1am she was awoken again. This time she heard a bang on the roof and it was followed by a rolling noise. Neighbours recalled seeing a grenade thrown by two men and I don't know why they ignored it. Jenny woke again 30 minutes later. Not a good sleep, eh? This time she smelled smoke and saw her husband's office on fire, which was opposite their bedroom. She quickly woke two of her sons, who were also sleeping in the same room, her husband George, and grabbed her two-year-old daughter out of the cot and yelled to the children upstairs to get out, but there was no response. They also couldn't go up, because the staircase was on fire. This is definitely where things just start to make zero sense. Yeah, so they tried calling the fire brigade, but their phone didn't work, despite receiving that call about an hour earlier. Their oldest son had to run to the neighbours to use their phone, and a passerby went to a tavern to call the fire brigade as well, but both callers received no answer. It's unknown whether the operators were bribed to not work that day. George attempted to climb a wall to the attic where the other children slept, while the two oldest sons went to grab their ladder, but it was missing from its usual spot. This ladder was then later found in a ditch 23 metres away. George then went to grab a water barrel to extinguish the fire, but all the water was frozen solid. George went to start his two trucks to use to climb the attic, but both didn't start despite working a few hours ago. The fire department actually arrived later that morning, but the Sodders believed that the five ch children that were missing were dead from the fire. The Sodders were informed that no bones were found, but a few bone fragments and internal organs were found by the investigators, but never the Sodders were informed of this. The firefighters believed that the five missing children were burned to ash in the fire. George Schoeller, the father, began questioning the investigation. Due to the fire supposedly being due to an electrical problem, George wondered why the Christmas lights had remained on when the power should have been cut out. The phone repairman told the Sodders that the phone line had been cut by someone willing to climb up 14 feet to a pole. A man who the neighbours saw stealing a block and tackle around the time of the fire was questioned. He admitted to the theft of the block and tackle but claimed he accidentally cut the telephone line thinking it was a power line. Why would he want to cut their power line in the first place? It makes no sense. There was no record identifying this man either. Jenny believed that the children were not dead in the fire because many household appliances including a toaster were recognisable in the ash. She even compared the fire to a similar house fire in which a family of seven were killed. All of their bodies were recovered. Jenny even went on to burn animal bones to see if the bones would burn in a similar temperature and realised that there was a stinking smell of burning flesh. When the house burned down, there was no stink of any burning flesh throughout the rubble. Also, the fact that the bones were not there is unusual because even at house fire temperature, bones should not burn. This led to the discussion that the kids had been kidnapped. 
possibly by the man who had climbed up the pole to cut the telephone line. There was evidence that supported their belief that the fire had not started in the electrical system and was instead set deliberately. The driver of a bus that passed through Fayetteville late Christmas Eve said that he had seen some people throwing, and I quote, balls of fire at the house. A few months later, when the snow had melted, Jenny found a small, hard, dark green rubber ball-like object in the brush nearby. George, recalling his wife's account of a loud thump on the roof before the fire, said it looked like a hand grenade, similar to what the neighbours saw. It is still unclear what happened on that night, but there have been numerous theories and even sightings of the missing children in the years after their disappearance. George Sutter was well known amongst Italians for his public negative remarks about the Italian Prime Minister Mussolini. In October 1945, a visiting life insurance salesman who owned the insurance on the Sutter house, which meant that if the house were to burn down, the insurance man would collect the insurance money for himself. He warned George, quoting, Your house will go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. He attributed this to the dirty remarks George had been making about Mussolini. This same insurance man was the insurance representative who deemed the fire to be accidental. That's dodgy. Another salesman showed up at the house a few weeks before the fire to earn some extra money. He checked out George's fuse boxes and told him that they would cause a fire someday. George didn't believe this because he had an electrician come a few weeks earlier to check the fuse boxes and he said everything was fine. In the weeks before Christmas, the year of the fire, George's oldest son stated that they had noticed an unusual car in the street over consecutive days and claimed that there was a man sitting in the car watching the younger children return from school. It's extremely strange. There have also been various reported sightings of the Sodder children around the United States following the house fire. A woman who ran a Charleston hotel claimed to have seen the children approximately a week afterwards. The children had come in around midnight with two men and women. She quoted that they were of Italian extraction and that when she attempted to speak to with the children, one of the men looked at her in a hostile manner. He turned around and began talking rapidly in Italian. Immediately, the whole party stopped talking to her. She recalled that they left the hotel earlier that next morning. Investigators today do not, however, consider her story credible as she'd only first seen photos of the children two years after the fire five years before she came forward. George Sutter followed up leads in person, travelling to the areas from where the tips had come. A woman in St. Louis claimed Martha was being held in a convent there. A bar patron in Texas claimed to have overheard two other people making incriminating statements about a fire that happened on Christmas Eve in West Virginia some years before. None of those proved significant. When George heard later that a relative of Jenny's in Florida had children that looked similar to his, that relative had to prove the children were his own before George was satisfied. I guess we will never truly know what happened on the eve of 1945. We will never know whether the children were kidnapped and if they were, where were they taken. This will remain a mystery forever. <laughs>